Welcome to Season 3 of The Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. All right, so welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. I am joined by the one and only Kale Simpson, and this is episode 169. How are you doing today? What is life like? Tell me a cool story from your day. Oh, well, I kind of told you. I, I slept in today. <laughs> so it's been a, a bit of a rush. Um, let's see. Cool story. I went to the gym. Something interesting must have happened. I'm not sure. And uh, I saw a guy riding a motorbike with like four gallons, like those big water gallons of water. So it's always kind of an adventure to see what you find on a motorbike on the streets. Like some, I've seen like maybe five people at one point or like four, a family on like, you know, a little two, two seater motorbike. So uh, that was kind of, that was kind of cool. Well, you know, just a box of chickens, like a <laughs> I mean, that is crazy. I, I can't imagine seeing that here in Alberta. And just to give the audience some, to get them up to speed kind of thing, like they can go back in the episodes, they can listen to you when you were on the show and you're in Australia. But what's happened since you've left Australia? Like what, what has happened in your life? Um, kind of give us the update as if we're just like uh catching up and filling in the gaps kind of thing yeah well a lot happened even since the last even while i was in australia since the last time that we talked on the podcast i decided that it would be a good idea to um rent a motorhome and travel around the country like halfway kind of around australia on my own while working and i helped I can't remember how many miles I drove or how many kilometers. Maybe four. It's either like, I think it might have been 14,000, but I could be wrong. Is that ridiculous sounding? For no, that sounds, that sounds reasonable. Like you'd be driving a lot, but it's yeah. realistic. <laughs> yeah. So I did that um, and then decided to come to Bali, which was my kind of pre-COVID plans. Um, and I've been here for the last few months. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the, the general recap. So a lot of, a lot of like lessons learned, self discovery has happened since then. Um, I feel like last time we talked on the podcast, I was in, you know, it was kind of at the height of the pandemic, if I can remember correctly. And it was. It was cool because like I was listening to it today and it was like end of April of last year and I was like what a full circle moment like we had no idea ah. what covid would really be like yeah. I think both of us were kind of like ah oh, it's not so bad and then it kind of got a little bit worse like obviously Australia kind of got things settling down a lot sooner but just kind of cool to see the perspective and honestly, like just from following your adventures and stuff, from my point of view, just the whole van thing, that was interesting. Just like kind of the lessons that you learned by traveling in the van, um, the crazy events that happened, um, just being in that different environment and stuff. And I was wondering, like, what were some of the takeaways that you got from that? Like, uh, what, what kind of inspired you to do the whole van thing in the first place? And if somebody else was saying that they wanted to do that, uh, what would you tell them? Um, what inspired, I don't even really know what inspired me to do it. I think I just saw the idea somewhere and then I got it in my head and then I just couldn't get it out of my head and I kind of figured why not. Um, and 
what was your other question? So what inspired me to do it? And then what were my biggest takeaways? Well, takeaways. And then even if just like, let's say somebody has just got cabin fever from all of this whole, like staying at home thing. And then one day they get set loose and they get to go to wherever they want to go. And they think I'm going to go in a van. Like, what would you tell somebody like that? Yeah, I would say definitely try it out for a short period of time first. Like three months isn't that long, but I think when I first started, I kind of had it in my head um, that I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I'm going to do this, you know, for years. I'm going to buy a van in Europe and I'm going to do it there. And I had just kind of gotten a little bit ahead of myself. And then after about a month in it, I was like, yeah, this isn't really for me. It doesn't really make sense. Um, But I think the biggest... So it was awesome. And I think it's, if you're someone who there's a lot of challenges that come with it, like you might imagine, and there's more that you don't think of that come up. Um, and a lot of it is just, you know, the, the things that you do every day that you take for granted, like showering and brushing your teeth and having a fridge and cooking for like, they just become exponentially harder, which for me, I tried to, like, I knew that going in and I was like, I feel like, you know, challenges make us stronger and I think it'll help me grow as a person. Um, but then I kind of realized, you know, I could maybe challenge myself in other areas of my life that might be more useful to other people. So it was a good experience for me, but my biggest takeaway was it helped me kind of like solidify my values and what's important to me and how I do want to live and how routine is very important to me and what I'm passionate about. Like it was, I found it, it was a struggle to balance everything. Like I was working full time in my laptop and then, you know, just activities of daily living were just taking up so much more time. And then I was also spending a few hours every day driving and I was trying to sightsee. Like it was just, it was, I had just way overfilled um, my plate and it was more challenged. Like I couldn't spend as much time on self-care as I typically do, which is really important to me. So it really solidified how important that is to me and how important like my mental health is. Um, and yeah, I was like, you know, traveling's cool and everything, but if you're like strung out and stressed out and like not taking care of your body and your mind, it's just like, even if you're in the most beautiful place, like you just, it's not, your experience of life is just more dull. So it really solidified for me, like fitness, self-care, taking care of your mind and body, like that has to come first because otherwise anything that you do outside of that, like is just not going to be as fulfilling and you're not going to be as present and you're not going to show up as the best version of yourself. So that's like, I would say my biggest lesson that I've learned since then and that I've really taken and applied to my life in Bali now. So in just all that reflection, because like sometimes we don't know kind of like what's going on with ourselves, like we're, we're kind of going through the motions, we're putting the van and drive, we're going from place to place. And it's like hard to realize like how far behind we fall until like something happens. So for you, what would you say was it that happened that like really um, alerted you that uh, you needed change kind of thing? I think it was like with, I spent so much time alone, which was another like awesome thing about the van. And I don't want to sway someone one side or the other. I would say try it out and think about the reasons that you're doing it. Um, But there were like a lot of awesome things that came with it. And one of them was I got to spend a lot of time alone with my thoughts. So I just had a lot of self-reflection time. And a lot of that I would spend listening to um, podcasts and audiobooks and like exploring different different thoughts and different or different ideas. Um, but I think just all the self-reflection time, like I typically back in before I did the van thing in Australia, I had a pretty solid, consistent meditation routine, um, which really helped me to get in touch with myself and my thoughts and be more self-aware. Um, but that was one thing that I just didn't really have time for in the van. However, I had so much time alone and like, I would kind of just try to bring that mindfulness while I was driving and like observe my thoughts Um, which was another thing that forced me to kind of, okay, how do I just be more mindful in my everyday life? Which is actually the point of meditation. It's not to just like not have any thoughts and like chillax and like be good at meditating. Like the point is to get better at 
um, observing your thought processes and your emotions and creating space between that so that you can create more self-awareness. Um, so I think, yeah, um, meditation was, I think, what really helped me with that. And then just uh, transferring that to being more aware of my thoughts and emotions throughout my everyday life. Sweet. That being said, I think it is, it's really easy for that gap to close and to just completely forget and to become reactive. So meditation, I think, is it's like practice. Um, and it is good to have a consistent practice. But the point of the practice um, is to like remind yourself of what that's like to observe your thoughts um, and then try as much as possible to bring that into your everyday life, you know, because it's um, 15 minutes out of, you know, 24. So the, the 23 hours or however long you meditate, but, you know, it's going to be the majority of your day you're going to spend not meditating and that's what's going to make the biggest impact. So amidst all of the travel and um, self-reflection and time on your own, were there any instances where you were kind of taken aback by like how impactful the actions of strangers can be, whether it be in a positive way or a negative way? Like, is there anything that kind of pops into your head when you think about that? The impact of strangers? thinking I feel like because I was alone so much and you know you're when you're traveling around and I had no one with me um, just how like every interaction with someone can be a chance to connect and I feel like I may have even said this on our last podcast potentially there's a chance um, but especially with COVID and people being so socially isolated I just really was grateful for the opportunities to interact with humans face to face and I just want to have a disclaimer like I have basically with my travels and just where I've happened to be in the world have pretty much like bypassed like I did like four weeks of quarantine I think in total or, or like heavy restrictions and aside from that just the way that Australia closed their borders like things have been pretty normal for me so I have yeah, pretty much like bypass a lot of the stuff that I know everyone's been dealing with. Um, so yeah, I've been very grateful for interactions with strangers and just remembering that like every, every human that you talk to, um, you know, they're, whether it's a server or like someone you walk past on the street or someone who, who cleans your house or like is taking away your garbage, like they're all human beings with a story and like you're not you're no better than anyone. Um, and you, you know, just those, those small interactions have the potential to make your day and make their day. And, um, yeah, to just like take, take advantage of that and, and like try not to get lost in your own bubble and just like get into your routines and your habits. Um, and forget that, um, I don't know, those, those opportunities to connect and to like see someone as a human being and um, just be kind. Definitely. I mean, like it was kind of cool to watch just for contrast of what, how you would kind of navigate like the month to month to month where like some of the listeners will be out of the U.S., some of them will be out of the Edmonton area. Um, everybody's kind of had a different year and how it's gone. But I would notice like you would be traveling in the van and then something would go wrong and then it would just be whether it be the neighborhood you were in or like something that the company set you up with. It was like, you know, even when like even when things completely go wrong, um, like having that faith that uh, you can focus on the positive or you can kind of take care of like your attitude towards things. I thought that was uh, really I don't know, like it kind of gave me perspective, like for me to watch through social media and stuff, like as, as disconnected as that can be, it's also like helpful for people to be able to see, okay, like this is somebody across the world in the same industry with different obstacles, but similar context in the sense that not everything's in our control. Like not everything mm -hmm. that we face is going to be something that we know what to do with. But um, despite that, we can take like a, a solid approach towards that thing 
we can uh, take care of our mind and body. We can be kind and kind of like ask the right questions when it comes to coming to a resolution. Like I'd mm -hmm. imagine there was a lot of tough conversations that you had to have in every like place that you've lived in every uh, vehicle that you had to drive or like person that had to escort you places like uh have you been like riding on the back of like scooters and bikes and stuff when you've been in bali like what kinds of modes of transportation have you been on in the last like year um well i was on i was in my the same motorhome for for the three months that i was traveling in it but then since coming here um i was doing like bike taxi like people ride scooters in bali um it's really hard to get around on a car just the, the roads are really narrow and um the traffic so um but i had never driven a motorcycle before so for my first month here i was riding on the back of like bike taxis um just to kind of get used to it and get a feel for the traffic um and then i had a friend kind of teach me how and then i've had my own scooter for a couple months now it's so fun <laughs> <laughs> well it's like it's kind of one of those things that's exciting and exotic at first but i'm sure as you get used to it it's like okay well this is how we go to the grocery store now like or this is how we go to the gym yeah. kind of thing yeah. um, a little bit but i'm still i'm still like so grateful and having so much fun on it especially yeah. when you go on like longer trips that's awesome uh and like, you get to be right out there with like the scenery and everything so like in the weeks leading up to the move to Bali, what was that like? Were there any uncertainties or you would, cause we talked about it in the previous podcast if that was your intention the whole time. And it was just kind of like waiting until the right time to go. So when you were kind of getting to crunch time and you're like, okay, we're going to change locations. Like what were the three weeks leading up to that? Like, like, was it uh, smooth sailing? Were there any um, hiccups? Uh, tell me a bit about that whole experience. Yeah, so my original plan when I when I was um, in the van and kind of trying to decide what I was going to do next, I was actually going to go to Thailand because I had heard that they had opened up this new long term stay visa. Um, and heard about this island, Koh Phangan. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That was kind of similar to Bali. Um, so that was the plan. And then I decided that I did not want to do the hotel quarantine. It's like a mandatory 14 day quarantine and it was expensive and I was just over it. I was like, you know what, I'll just wait. And I was gonna stay in Australia for a little bit longer and set myself up in the Gold Coast, which is where I ended my van travels. Um, so that was the original plan. And then I heard from kind of a friend of a friend of mine that she, that, um, she had gone back to Bali. So I asked how she got there. And then I learned about a visa that you could get here, uh, uh, kind of a same thing, similar deal to, to Thailand. Um, but at that point they didn't, didn't have a quarantine. And I was like, well, Australia has fewer COVID cases than, um, Bali. So I feel, I feel fine with that. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how, how that happened, it was a pretty quick turnaround decision. I think maybe two, two or three weeks after I decided that, I got on a plane and that was a little bit chaotic because I had forgotten to get a COVID test and then um, locked my luggage inside of the hotel and no staff was there right as I was trying to go to the airport and then my luggage got lost and there were just a lot of things going wrong. Um, but something you were you're mentioning earlier that was kind of like all these things are going wrong and you kind of have have control or choice over your thoughts that's been like another um big lesson for me because it's like that's that's another thing that's it's all about like observing your thoughts and being self-aware is then you get to choose your thoughts so i think first thing is always like you don't want to like just spiritual bypass or, or like toxic positivity be like oh everything's fine like i'm grateful to be alive people have it worse like you still have to kind of acknowledge how you're actually feeling and be honest with yourself. Otherwise you're not actually processing it. You're just kind of bypassing it and like stuffing it down, but like observe your thoughts and then question them, ask yourself, okay, like how does this thought make me feel? Um, what is this thought like serving me? Um, is this thought even true? What's a different thought that I might choose and kind of that might be, make me feel more positive or be more helpful to the situation? And do I want to choose that thought or that belief? So some of the beliefs that I have like, that I try to choose for myself are like, 
okay, everything, how is everything happening for me? Or just asking better questions. I think that's another thing that you said. Um, how might this be actually working in my favor? How might, um, like, what, um, what can I do about this situation? What, what is this teaching me? Uh, kind of those types of thoughts. So it's really helped me to embrace the chaos and the uncertainty and all the things going wrong. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, once you landed in Bali, what were the things that uh, scared you the most about being in the new environment and kind of having that uncertainty and et cetera, et cetera? Um, I definitely felt a little bit paranoid uh, because, I don't know, I was kind of worried that like everyone was trying to scam me and I felt anxious about not knowing the language and it was just such an unfamiliar environment that I kind of felt like for the first couple weeks if not a little bit longer it's like I was almost I was just very tense all the time and very like standoffish <laughs> um a little bit opposite of that you know treat everyone like a human like still tried to do that but at the same time that was like preventing me because I was like just worried for my own safety and it was tough to get past that because everything was so unfamiliar I'd never been to Asia before um even though people say Bali is kind of like uh Southeast Asia light that's what a friend said to me it's it's you know, especially where the neighborhood that I'm in, Chengdu, it's kind of more designed for um, expats. It's not like super touristy, but there's lots of expats living here. And, um, you know, it's not like in the middle of the jungle. Um, but that was, that was challenging and it took me some time to get comfortable and to kind of ground myself. I had just gone like after the van and all the challenge in, challenges in Australia. I was in such a good place mentally and I felt like my mindset was just so solid. And then coming to Bali definitely shook me. Um, but I'm really feeling, you know, any challenge that you go through, it teaches you and it, it makes you stronger. And I feel like I'm um, at that place again, which feels really good. That's good. What would you say kind of dialed it in the most? Was it just kind of like being active and eating healthy, sleeping? What, what kind of uh, helped you the most? Yeah, that was definitely something I decided to do. Like, that was another thing when I came to Bali. It was, um, it's a very, like, social scene here. And, you know, coming from, I was isolated. Even though COVID wasn't, like, super a thing in Australia, I was still traveling alone by myself for a long time. So it was nice to come here and meet people and have friends again and be able to connect. Um, but I was drinking more than usual. I was not on, I was neglecting my morning routine. And then I just kind of had this, I, I, I noticed that like my mindset and my self-confidence was just not in the best place. And I was kind of like, okay, I need to make some changes. So definitely, um, eating better. Uh, it's eating out is so cheap and easy to do in Bali, but I was like, I need a better just plan and, um, and, uh, being more consistent with exercise and my body more. Um, I stopped drinking for the last couple months. I was like, you know what? Alcohol is just not, does not contribute. does not make me a better person <laughs> and it does not make me happier. Um, so I stopped that. Um, and then I also have kind of gone through my own like mental health journey. Um, so kind of discovered that I have ADHD and got a diagnosis and have been treating that. Um, and that's also really helped me have compassion for myself. And because it's kind of, it's just another way of understanding myself, but also like, okay, these things that I thought my entire life were like personal flaws, I now have a reason for it. And I feel more equipped to deal with them because I have a support system and I have doctors and even like medicine that I've been taking that has helped me with that and just like feel really um, empowered. And yeah, I think like understanding myself um, has really helped with that, with that a lot and like stepping into that and um, yeah, just like self-acceptance. Well, I mean, when I saw that you were confirmed to have ADHD, like I was thinking that through and I was like, oh man, like that would just be a game changer. Just like the amount of I guess like clarity would give you on like past experiences and uh, yeah. yeah, just giving yourself more grace. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm a horrible like cleaner. Like I'm not very tidy. And so like when you were talking about that, I was like, Ugh. I don't know if I'm just messy or maybe, maybe there's something special, but it's just like, uh, 
what was it that led up to that for you that made you think okay like i need to dive a bit deeper i need to kind of like figure out uh what is going on with like my my thoughts or my efficiencies or um just how how focused i can be like what what exactly happened that kind of uh opened that door for you everyone's brains are different so whether you have like a condition that can be diagnosed or not really just like owning that your strengths and your weaknesses and being like you have strengths that other people don't have um and weaknesses and often like your your biggest strengths are your biggest weaknesses like maybe you're messy because you are focused on things that are really important and purposeful for you and you know the the minutiae you just don't stress it um so i think that this the self-acceptance thing that can come with just you know it doesn't have to be an actual diagnosis that's what i've learned um but with the kind of how did i get into wanting to explore this um it was it started with a comment that um my one of my best friends and my previous roommate in canada she was recently diagnosed with adhd and i didn't really think anything of it um until she said i think i had made a comment about how i um always used to get the hiccups and she said something like oh that's like an adhd or an anxiety tick and i was like oh i don't have those things and then she was like you may or may not just show symptoms of ADHD. <laughs> and initially I was like offended and then I started looking into it more kind of went down a rabbit hole and I was like holy bleep this is me. Um and yeah, I just explained a lot of my childhood and um originally it was it's it's been a roller coaster ever since like I I made that discovery and was like okay, yeah, 95% chance I have ADHD. Um but that was yeah, maybe 2 months ago or a little bit longer. And I kind of put it on the back burner because I didn't really feel like there was anything that I could do about it. Um because I would I had heard things about people were like don't go on medication, like just medicate or just meditate, just take care of yourself and I'm like, okay, well, I'm already doing all those things. Like literally, I'm so on top of them and I still do just it still just interferes with my life in like major ways that are very frustrating um but i was not open to medication because i had heard kind of horror stories from people and um yeah and then i was doing this experiment where i gave up caffeine because i just wanted to see what my body would be like without having like a caffeine dependence and um there were some good aspects to it as well but in general i was just kind of struggling with like getting things done and just having motivation to do like most things. <laughs> so I my nervous system was good and um I was sleeping a little bit better and these things and then I had a coffee one day and remembered what it felt like to be <laughs> caffeinated um and that kind of made me real I was like okay, you know what? I'm a better person. Like I I am more motivated to do things. I feel like I can, you know, just contribute to society better and my mood is better and it just I was just so much better <laughs> on caffeine which kind of made me realize okay you know maybe drugs aren't all bad and I should look more into if medication is something that I could like add into my treatment plan um and decided to be open to it but also just like get get treatment um in general and kind of see a professional um largely because it's like a lot of things i didn't realize were adhd but just like low motivation in general like my business is you know it's my baby and it it brings me so much passion and fulfillment but just my motivation some days it was just so hard to sit down and do things <laughs> i think that's like the best way that i can describe how adhd feels is like doing things is just so hard um that like uh you know that kind of threshold for motivation that that you need to do things simple as even like cleaning up after yourself and like going to bed and leaving the house on time it's just like so high um so caffeine helped to lower that a bit for me because it raises your dopamine it's kind of like a weak version of the stimulants but it also kind of made me a little bit more scatterbrained um but yeah that's i think that answers your question i i i realize not all drugs are bad maybe there is I should um explore this um and like did more research into different ADHD treatments and decided that it was something that I wanted to pursue and I'm so glad that I did. 
Well, I think it's cool to have that conversation, kind of like talk about that stuff simply because like there's so many trainers in the industry that have ADHD. Like I've probably interviewed maybe three or four trainers with ADHD and like several of my friends in the industry have it. And like it doesn't negatively impact them. Like in in many, many cases, like it makes them better at relating to people or it makes them better at cueing exercises in great detail and uh, some of them will use like medication some of them won't but uh yeah like what were you saying i think there you're totally right there's so many strengths that come with it and um i think i heard this fact where entrepreneurs are 300 percent more likely to have adhd um and also like we're often drawn to exercise especially if you uh, display like the hyperactivity component um and it's, it's really good for ADHD as well to exercise and move your body. Um, but it also, I've like, it, it helps you, you just kind of think differently than other people. So that can help you with cueing exercises or, um, for me, I think it's like kind of seeing the big picture of what my client needs. And when I'm in a conversation with her, just thinking a little bit differently and getting her to kind of question, um, her thought processes. Um, we also tend to be like very passionate, very creative, um, very enthusiastic, have lots of energy. So it's a hundred percent. Like I would not change it, which is why the diagnosis has been so empowering for me because I'm like, Oh, this is actually a superpower. I just need to kind of mitigate the weaknesses. Yeah. Well, it, it makes sense. And it's cool that we can frame it with so many things that make each person different. Like just like talking about it as a, like a superpower kind of thing, because in a lot of cases, um, like trainers are weird. Like people in the fitness industry are weird in a good way. Like in a yeah. way that uh, sets us apart that makes our clients want to work with us because they see them in us. And um, kind of owning it can be a differentiating factor. It can be the thing that helps you succeed. It can be the thing that helps you stay healthy and like have like a fulfilling lifestyle in the career or just uh, – in general, like anybody could be in any industry listening to this podcast and finding out about themselves and how they operate and how to uh, operate within their own like wheelhouse to the greatest degree is is like a big thing for life. Like just imagine like if somebody was working in a busy office and then all of a sudden they, they realized that like there was an aid that could help them in their day to day that could improve their just general well-being maybe not even like as a performance thing but just as a like a, how they reflect on themselves or how they interact with their colleagues or how much they worry about things not worth worrying about or how yeah like how they handle stresses and stuff yeah 100% it's and that's something i find with my fitness clients as well like it starts out with working on their problems and their struggles with nutrition and with fitness but those same concepts can be applied to any area of your life and that's what it tends to happen is like once they work on not sweating the details and like um focusing on consistency over perfection and being more self-aware of their thoughts and how they're making them feel and how they're motivating them um and it's like once you have that then it's like oh i'm noticing the same thing in another area of my life um so that's kind of how i see fitness too is it's like it's like a gateway to self-improvement. Yeah. Like once you're like, Oh my God, like I can do it. I can like change my body. Like I'm feeling healthier. Um, and I find like once they do that, then they're more open to like, Oh, this meditation thing or this journaling thing, or, um, just like being more open to like working on themselves, feeling more motivated overall. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a gateway. Just so for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, Amidst all of that stuff, like let's go back uh, a few months to like when you're first finding your housing arrangement in Bali, like you're coming across a few obstacles with like leaking roofs and trying to like get the perfect place and stuff. Like uh, what was it like to kind of not really know if the place that you're going to be at was going to work out or not and that you might have to like figure out a, a new solution like what what was that uh, period of time like for you see everyone tells me about the or, or mentions the leaking roof thing that wasn't actually a leaking roof it was just an open concept house and it was raining so hard that the rain was like spilling over the side and down the house if that makes sense oh 
Yeah, it kind of makes sense. It's just like at the end of the day, there's water where water shouldn't be, and it was yeah. a pain in the butt. So like, uh, like yeah. I couldn't even imagine. The thing is, it's funny because in in Edmonton, like you kind of you just get used to everything. It's the same in the winter. It's cold, and then it's you get your five winters, and it's just like it's so predictable and so you kind of get tossed into a new environment where suddenly you're not worried so much about snow you're worried about like bugs and lizards and like water uh accumulation etc um what was the shift like for you in like navigating new new issues or were you able to just kind of like reframe it and just like water off a rock kind of thing I mean, see, I used to be so scared of bugs and like spiders back back in Canada, but I think Australia kind of primed me with that. I think if you're afraid of anything, like the best way to get through it is just exposure. <laughs> Eventually, I was like, eh, like it is what it is. If I die, I die. Important <laughs> to be careful with like the deadly ones, but I think just being around them so much, like I 100% used to be so afraid of spiders, and I would like freak out, and I. Um, was a little baby about it um but just being around them so much i'm like it's really not that bad and i think that'll happen with any fear that you have um you know humans are resilient and that's something i've learned over the past couple months is like you will get through it and i think maybe i've just like had that experience with all like the new experiences and new challenges that i've had with moving to a different country really having to like sort out all um, you know, the details of how do I live? How do I work? And then living in the van and then moving countries and all of this in the, in the middle of a pandemic. Um, it's just really showed me that like, whatever comes up, I will figure it out. <laughs> and like, I'm resilient and I am capable and, um, you know, there's no point in stressing about something that hasn't happened yet. So you'll deal with it once it, um, once it comes up, the, living situation like where i kept moving from one place to the next that was a little bit of a um adhd slash my fault thing i basically forgot to tell them that i wanted to extend and then they told me three days before um before i had to leave that i had to leave (laughs) so that's yeah one of the ways that like i said like adhd has like when it presents itself in like forgetfulness and just struggles with like organizing your life and deadlines and things like that. Like that's been, I guess, another thing that, that really like showed me or, or made me very aware that that's a strong deficit of mine was things like that. And then like I overstayed my visa. So I was supposed to renew my visa after two months and I was after two months and 10 days, I was like, when am I supposed to renew my visa again? <laughs> and missed the fact that it was a hundred dollars a day to every, for every day that you overstayed extend it so that was another more expensive lesson that i learned um but yeah well how many days did you overextend it (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah that's brutal yeah not gonna make that mistake again though (laughs) well i mean everybody kind of needs to go through that stuff it's uh I look at the last year as being like a, a condensing of everything that a person would learn from. Like we were going to have these things happen to us one way or another, but we just got to some of us experienced like seven of them within a 12 month time frame, And in another lifetime, they may have experienced those seven things over the course of like five to 10 years instead of like two years and first type of things well it's just like business like people having to pivot in their business people having to learn new things um having to get used to being around just their own company or being around different people and it could be like weather phenomena it could be um plans not going according to plan like so many people had like things that they wanted to do things on their bucket list things marriages um engagements big reunions having to experience loss like endless things that kind of shape people and like how they show up in the world so it's just cool in in a sense that uh 
just think of who you are or who anybody is walking away from all those like experiences that shape them um and just how they can like show up bigger in their next opportunity like despite the fact that you probably have had to spend thousands of dollars in so many different scenarios where had it gone perfectly you would have that money in the bank um now you have those lessons that other people don't have yet and it's i look at it the same way with like um being in canada where like the pandemic has really like pressured some people with the lockdowns there's been like greater restrictions stuff like that but like if not for these things there's a lot of personal development that wouldn't have occurred there's a lot of like business um refinement that wouldn't have occurred like uh before we started the show we were kind of talking about uh different things that i've done with the podcast and like i probably would have just been super complacent if not for like kind of having been stuck in my in my house for a while but with all of that ramble out of the way um with regards to your own like uh business and career development like it, it looked like you were kind of doing some uh some new group stuff or like partaking in some stuff to kind of develop yourself like what has the last year been like in terms of that for you in terms of business and career development yeah yeah um i've been playing around with some different things with my group programs and like last uh last quarter i tried kind of a different length of a program and I've actually kind of come full circle to doing something I started out doing similarly. So if you're watching this, then you'll get an early announcement. I'm going to announce it soon, but I'm going back to like my, my six month program um, because I just found that that works the best. And it's really kind of, if I'm going to have one like flagship offer, um, that's what I really want to focus on because I'm my business and my coaching is all about helping people really, it's like mind, body, soul. It's, it's holistic. Um, and really about like helping people find a long-term lifestyle. Like I really don't want to, I don't want to send people off like not having the tools that they need. I feel like even ethically for me to like the, the, the kind of coach that I want to be is I really want to like make sure that someone is set up physically and mentally because sometimes with like 12 weeks, they might, you know, they'll, they'll learn some macros and they'll lose some weight but they don't really know how to maintain it on their own. And then they might be like, Oh, I'm going to keep, um, I'll just do what my coach told me to do and I'll keep seeing progress and they don't see it. So really taking the time to like empower people and, and set them up for longer term is what I want to focus on. Um, and then aside from that, I, I'm always, always just trying to learn more. So I haven't done any like formal courses or education since, but, um, it's just part of my personality. Like I'm so curious. I'm always wanting to learn. So, um, and especially when it comes to like psychology, that's a big interest of mine. And even with like learning more about ADHD, I've learned that that with the struggles with like motivation and all or nothing thinking, those are all like just exacerbated with ADHD. So going down this rabbit hole of learning about that has given me a lot of tools to continue to help my clients. Like I've, it's kind of like those are things that I already helped them with previously um, because it's something that a lot of people struggle with to a certain extent, but that's also like my niche client is someone who struggles with, with like all or nothing thinking um, and kind of like yo-yo dieting. Um, but learning more about how like an ADHD brain works and learning about psychology has helped me um, kind of refine my tools or even just be able to explain them in a better way so that it lands better with people. Um, that's something, but that's like, kind of part of my personality. Like I, when I did like a, a strengths finder test, my number one was input. So ability to like consume information. And I think it's also an ADHD thing because we like to be mentally stimulated. Um, so that's something that I use to my advantage. And I think it's part of the reason why I'm such a good coach is because I'm like so genuinely curious and passionate about this stuff. And that causes me to have all this information in my brain that I can then apply to my programs and with my clients. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And it's kind of cool, the whole like full circle moment, because I think a lot of people have those like, those revelations, like, okay, like a, a new, a new group of people or a new phase of life or just something new has come up that's kind of taught us to um, 
kind of just try something simple rather than reinventing the wheel like so often uh, people are like looking for the answers like in some far off land when all it is is like asking better questions or just trying something familiar just in a whole new way um yeah with that being said oh sorry go ahead one more thing that's really helped me is to stop comparing myself to other coaches and to other methodologies because then that I just get really confused and spend more time thinking about what are my experiences how can I help people what's like my message that I want to put out there and just be really clear about that and own that because that's how you're going to attract people like you're not going to attract clients to you if you're like not sure and not confident in yourself and are kind of flip-flopping your ideas so of course it's it's good to change your mind but you really just have to like remember that your unique abilities and perspective and how you can help your clients, that is your superpower. And you should not try to be like anyone else um, because then you're like, you're dulling, you know, the, the gifts that you have to bring to the world and to your, your clients. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like, it's just when somebody's learning something new and they're not exactly certain of what the right approach is, it's better to make mistakes and find your own path than it is mm-hmm. to do like a watered down version of somebody else. Cause yeah. like you're never going to like connect with people in the same way that you would if you had made the attempt based on what you felt was right. Like people making their choices based on their value systems, based on their experiences and like what they think would work in the moment is much more valuable than just trying to like carbon copy someone that they admire or something just because they're just not sure if they would get it a hundred percent so they just want to copy what somebody else did because like yeah, half the time like a- the new people like come up with like these ideas that that stand out that uh are a cut above just because it's a new idea it's a new application it's it's something that nobody else has tried before um what yeah. are you saying um, I was saying it's it's something that we have to be careful with in today's information age um, is like we can't lose that ability to think for ourselves and think critically. And I think this goes in any field. Um, but like, don't just take like, it, you know, it's OK to have mentors and people that you respect, but don't just take what someone says and use it for yourself. Like that is, again, like stripping you of your superpower, which is the way that you think individually and just practicing like really like thinking critically and, and um, independently, because that's how, like you said, you're going to bring something new and creative and be truly like innovative and um, just being like, yeah, really bringing your individual gifts to your work. Definitely. So when you're looking on your calendar and you put yourself in the future by a year, do you know what that looks like for you? Like, do you have like something mapped out for yourself or big, hairy, audacious goals or anything that you realistically feel like you need to accomplish within the next 12 months? Um, I've actually, um, I've gotten back into like bodybuilding because I just kind of as like a personal goal. Um, and speaking of coming back full circle, I'm realizing that like, okay, this is something that I can take all this personal growth that I've had over the last few years since I gave it up. And that's kind of how I started in the fitness industry is through bikini competitions, through bodybuilding. That's what really made me fall in love with it. And, um, just kind of had this, this hunch. Um, I feel like I haven't reached, I never quite reached my full potential with that. And I'm really excited to, take like my the personal growth that I've had and see what I can accomplish in this area of my life and I feel like I'm in such a a good place mindset wise um and it's just something that I want like a personal goal that I want to accomplish so um yeah doing like bikini competitions again and I'd like to get my pro card that's kind of one goal that I have um and growing my business I want to hire a team and just impact more women um so yeah, that's what I see myself doing in the next year. And then what about location? Do you feel like you're going to go to a new setting? Are you going to stay in Bali? Like, What do you foresee for yourself in, the, in that capacity? I think I'll be in Bali for a while just because it's such a, such a good setup for me at the moment and just with everything that's going on in the world. Um, and I've also realized that like, yeah, traveling is cool, but it's not what I want to focus my life around. 
um, my you know, taking care of myself and my mental health and my business are what are most important to me. Um, so I don't know if I'll be here in a year. Um, I'm really kind of playing that one by ear when it comes to just like where I want to live individually. This is cool, but I think it really depends like if I meet someone or I'm just really staying open to um, any opportunities with that because I can do my business from anywhere and I can, um, yeah, you know, work out anywhere and the things that are really important to me um, aren't, I can do that like anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense. And it's just kind of cool to but, reflect on that. Oh, go ahead. Um, I will say like when it comes to like where I want to live eventually, like warm weather sunshine is so important to me. So that's always like factoring in when I think about where I see myself living just because it makes such a big impact on my mood. My parents also said they will tire <laughs> wherever I live. So hopefully I'll have my family there too. But yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a game changer. Like it's so many people's moods. It's like really bad or like really, uh, they can either struggle or they can thrive based on like the, uh, the place that they're living. And so it's just kind of cool mm -hmm. that you've been able to sort of see that, uh, where you live makes such a big difference in such a positive way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So right now, like the screen's kind of frozen. I don't know if your screen's frozen, but I've got you a bit frozen on my screen, but I'm going to assume that you can still hear me. Um, is yeah. everything still working on your end? Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, everything's fine. Oh, now we're good. Now we're good. So uh, something that I ask all of my guests as of late is I've been getting them to dish out some challenges for the audience so it's just something simple but like something that's like unique to you that's been on your mind that you want a bunch of people that listen to a podcast to do that you think would enrich their life and so essentially what you're going to do is you're going to be like, your challenge for the day is and then just give it to them okay i got it um your challenge for the day is every time you walk past a mirror you have to say something nice to yourself or give yourself like words of encouragement I like that. Because I think that, like, we don't do that enough for ourselves. And like, it's the power that that can have because like, you know, it's like if you had a little, a person following you all day, who's just like saying mean things to you, it's like, that's going to get to you eventually. And like, just the power that your thoughts have. Um, and it just being a little intentional with that, that can really just like change your mindset and your mood and like your relationship with yourself so much. So just something simple with that, like, okay, you see yourself in a mirror like talk to yourself, like be your own hype woman or hype man <laughs> and just like see the difference that that makes in how you feel. That's perfect. That's a great challenge. So with that being said, that essentially wraps up our episode. I'd like to thank you so much for coming back on the show and catching up and bringing everybody up to speed. Hopefully people go back and listen to the old episode from about April 30th or so of last year to kind of get that whole like full circle <laughs> moment remember it is um roughly i would say probably like 130 or something like that and this is episode 169 so it's like it's 30 episodes ago or maybe 60 episodes ago maybe it's the early 100s it's it's hard to know because it's just like all the numbers just kind of blend and also it's kind of it's like a jedi mind trick because like when i don't say the exact episode then they have to like look at all the other episodes where it's other people that they might like recognize and uh yeah. but nonetheless uh it's been great um and thank you so much for joining thank you so much for having me this was a lot of fun